1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. We're continuing the series on faith and prayer. And we're in a portion of the series dealing with the Pauline Revelation. And this is crucial and fundamental for an effective prayer life. Knowing who you are in Christ, knowing where you are in Christ, knowing what you possess and what belongs to you in Christ has everything to do with answered prayer. It has everything to do with the victorious Christian life. It has everything to do with a successful prayer life. When someone's a new believer, of course, we encourage them to get a Bible that they can read. We encourage them to read the Bible. When someone's a new believer, it's important that they understand who Jesus is and what he did for them. And of the four Gospels, Mark is the shortest. But after learning about who Jesus is and what he did for them, the most important thing for a new believer and any believer to understand is who we are in Christ, where we are in Christ, and what we possess in Christ. And we learn that from the epistles of the Apostle Paul. Now, he wrote some long ones, and he wrote some short ones. You know, if somebody came up to me and told me they just got saved, I probably would not recommend they start in Romans or First or Second Corinthians. But they could read Galatians, they could read Ephesians, they could read Philippians, they could read Colossians. And these, there's so much revelation in what God revealed to the Apostle Paul. You could read any of those epistles several times a year, every year until you go to be with the Lord, and we will still not fully grasp all that belongs to us in Christ. But knowing who you are, knowing where you are, and knowing what you possess in Christ has everything to do with living a victorious Christian life and having a successful prayer life. You know, so much of prayer is begging and pleading and complaining and whining, and that's not going to get the result you want. So let's hit a few highlights to review from the Pauline Revelation. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And of course, we're to live like it. And that has everything to do with having confidence when you pray, knowing that our Heavenly Father hears you and answers you. Verse 21 there in 2 Corinthians 5, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who we are in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, I've, no, I've learned not to let it bother me. You know, but sometimes when there's a visitor or sometimes when someone brings someone they're dating, it, it always amuses me when we do the confession on Sunday mornings before the message and a visitor has a problem with that. Because everything from the confession is from the Pauline epistles. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 
So if somebody's got a bad attitude about that, maybe they're not dating material. Maybe they're not uh, Christian marriage material. That, that, that's for someone. Ephesians 2 and verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now I know when we deal with the circumstances of life, we don't always feel like it. But that is where we are in Christ, and so we have to live accordingly. We have to talk and act and confess and pray accordingly. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love Colossians 1, beginning in verse 12. Colossians 1, 12, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you. Say, say I'm qualified. I'm qualified. Now, now, don't raise your hand. But if you've gone to a car dealer and looked at a car and filled out the paperwork and applied, you know, you, 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 you'd know. You know, I know you felt good when they said you're qualified. Or uh, when, you know, and I know there are periods of time where everybody gets qualified. But in the times where, you know, there are some criteria or standards, it's always good to hear you're qualified. But we have a much more wonderful inheritance in Christ. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Say, say, I am qualified. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us, verse 13, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have. Say, say, I have it. Say, it belongs to me. So we ought to pray accordingly. We ought to confess accordingly in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The pastor left off dealing with Philippians 4 and verse 13. Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, whether you realize it or not, in Christ, every believer holds the same position the apostle Paul held. And every blessing and every benefit, every good thing of God is available to every believer. And that may sound too wonderful. It may sound too awesome. It may sound too good to be true. But every blessing, every benefit, every promise is for every believer. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but later in tonight's message, I inserted the scripture. Paul wrote elsewhere that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And a lot of believers, they're of the mindset. And again, because of background or denomination or the home they grew up in or maybe the pastor they had growing up a lot of believers are the mindset well God did that for that person or God did that for that person in the Bible or God did that in Bible days but God's not doing that anymore or they're of the mindset well God did that for them but God's not going to do that for me well the Bible says that he is not a respecter of persons the Bible says that God does not show favoritism. The Apostle Paul tells us that all of the promises of God, every single one, are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And amen means so be it unto you. So the answer is yes. Well, does God want me to be blessed? Yes. Does God want you to be blessed in your home and in your family and your marriage? Yes. Does God want you to be blessed in the work and the labor of your hands and what God has gifted you to do? Yes, yes, yes. 
And if there's a part of your life where there's a struggle or there is a circumstance to be overcome, does he want you to have the victory? And if he gave someone in the Bible the victory, will he give you the victory? Yes, yes, yes. And so knowing that and praying accordingly, it changes everything. We don't have to wonder about his will. We know his will from his word. Colossians 1 and verse 28, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Paul wrote verse 29, to this end I labor, struggling with all his energy. The King James says his working. The Amplified says superhuman energy. To this end I labor, struggling with all, whose energy? Whose power? Whose superhuman superhuman energy? His, his power. And one of our launching scriptures on Sunday mornings has been in Ephesians 3, that his power is at work where? Within us. And so often we're of the mindset, well, if only I could do this or only I could do that, we just need to release what's inside of us. You're a new creation in Christ. Every promise, every blessing is available to you. His power is at work in you and through you. So we've just got to act accordingly. Just got to talk accordingly. Just got to confess accordingly. Just have to pray accordingly. Philippians 2 and verse 13, for it is God who works in you. And that's every believer. That's not just pastor. That's not just people in full-time ministry. That's every believer. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So Christ is working in you. Say, say Christ is working in me. Smile at your neighbor and say, Christ is working in you. So his work is not our work. It is his work. And he did the work on our behalf and all that he did, he did for us. So what must we do? Well, we have to hear, we have to believe, we have to confess and take action upon his word. That's our part, to hear and not just to hear, to believe. You know, I, I mentioned the example of someone that maybe they come with someone and, and they're, not, they're not even happy before the message begins. They're not even happy during, this is my Bible. But again, you know, if you did some Googling, you'd find out that, you know, there, there's nothing special about that confession. Well, it is special, but it's special because it comes from what the Apostle Paul wrote. But pastor didn't make that up. And John Osteen didn't make that up. It's from the Pauline Revelation. And yes, it's a good thing for us to confess that every Sunday and to renew our minds to who we are in Christ and where we are in Christ and what we possess in Christ. And to believe God together, to confess that we're hearing the word, but we're also believing the word, we're confessing the word, and then we're going to take action on the word through the week. So Father God, through what Christ did, Father God, through the work of Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he does a mighty work in us, but he also wants to do a mighty work through us. R.W. Schambach would often say that what God has done in your life, God wants to do through your life. You go to Romans. After you read some of the shorter epistles, when you get to Romans, Paul says that every believer is a minister of reconciliation. 
that, that we have been reconciled to God in Christ, but because we have been reconciled to God, we're, we're to be mindful of the fact that every believer is to be busy about telling others what God has done in you, God wants to do through you. And God wants to reconcile everyone. Now, not everyone will believe. Not everyone will accept. Not everyone will take action on the word. But those who do, or whosoever's, he wants to do in their life what he has done in your life. He wants them to be saved. He wants them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants them to be blessed in their home, their family, their marriage, their, their work, so that they might also be ministers of reconciliation, reconciling people to God through Christ Jesus. But that's, that's who we're to be as every believer. Say, what God has done in my life, God wants to do through my life. And, and that's why we'll periodically emphasize that when you step out in faith along that line, God will do great things through you. And when you step out in faith to see God move in the lives of others, many times you'll often find your own needs, your own worries, the things you're believing God for, you'll find your answers in ministering to others. It may be in your life you've been praying regarding a physical challenge or difficulty. Well, be, be used of God to minister the healing power of God to others. There's just something about giving. because, And Jesus said when we give, we receive. You know, we're, we're, we're so often of the mindset, well, that, that's true in my finances. Well, it's true in every area of life. And Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. Well, we've received salvation, so shouldn't we be ministers of salvation? Shouldn't we be dispensers of salvation? You know, in the times we're living in, which are crazy, weird times. I mean, just when you think it couldn't get crazier, it does. And I want to get sidetracked. I'm not giving examples. But it's nutty out there if you haven't noticed. Well, people are dispensers of fear. People are dispensers of every evil, wicked thing. So why, why should we not share the good things of God? Amen. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, the healing power of God, encouragement. Uh, just the other day, a lady in the church emailed a testimony in how as she believed God for a healing in her life, there were several women facing the same thing, and she shared in her testimony how they all stood in faith together. That, that's wonderful. We're, we're to encourage one another in the Lord. We're to, we're to help each other and encourage each other in fighting the fight of faith together. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 3, gives us a picture of our redemption and of who we are in Christ. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Now that's past tense. It is done. Who has blessed us. Say, say I have been blessed. Well, why aren't you joyful? Why, why aren't you happy? Why are you putting all your troubles on social media? You know, those, those posts where you're like fishing for someone to encourage you. You got you to be like David, encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. And if other people want to help out, that, that's their prerogative. Who has blessed, say, say, he has blessed me. Who has blessed us. That's past tense. In the heavenly realms with every, say every. every. 
so you got to get rid of this religious mindset that some blessings are for some believers. You know, there, there are people, and they're just of the mindset, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's for spirit-filled, Pentecostal, full gospel people, but, you know, not for us dignified folks. That's just ridiculous. Every blessing is for every believer. Every blessing is for everyone who is a part of the body of Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every. Say every. every. So that, that includes you. And that includes all the blessings of God, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us. That's past tense. He has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse 7, in him we have, which is a present tense reality. I'm not waiting for it. I'm not going to get it at some point in the future. I, I don't have to do 25 things to earn it or to be good enough for it. In him we have. Say, say I have. I say, say it's mine. It's mine. Say, it belongs, it belongs to me. In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, we're under the new covenant, and we have been qualified. We have redemption. We have the blessings of God. But so many believers, they live with an old covenant mindset. They're not good enough. They're not worthy enough that if they happen to be in the right city on a certain day of the year, they might get a blessing. That's why you got to crack your Bible open and start reading Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, for yourself until you get it and begin acting accordingly and talking accordingly and confessing accordingly and praying accordingly. We have present tense redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we have it. It's a present tense reality. We're not trying to get it. We're not trying to get redemption. We're not trying to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and Paul uses that as an example in Galatians that, that they received the promise of the Holy Spirit by faith. And he says, are you now trying to go back to earning things by your works, your efforts? Well, if you have it, it's yours. You just have to freely receive and walk in what belongs to you in Christ. Now, as pastor's been sharing on recent Sunday mornings, in the beginning, it's an act of faith. It's an act of faith when you're starting out to say, my God is supplying all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Because when you start out, your circumstances may not yet line up with your confession. But if you'll be faithful, if you'll be consistent, if you'll not give up, if you'll just stand on the word and act like the word is so, eventually your circumstances will line up with your confession. You've heard pastor, and I think Aaron's rehearsed it more than me, that back in the I-30 years, there were many, many years when we went to eat or we prayed over food. We, we would add this as a part of our prayer. 
Heavenly Father, thank you that we can eat where we want, when we want, and pay cash for it. Amen. Well, now when we pray over our food, we just pray Exodus 23, 25. Amen. And I think it's so sweet how the children here at St. Paul's learned to pray Exodus, that prayer in Exodus over their foods, that he, he blesses our bread and water and he takes sickness and disease away from our midst. If I got the reference wrong, I apologize. But that he blesses our bread and water. But there, there, were, there was a time, I remember eating with Aaron when I was in high school. We'd eat at the, you know, it was near I-30. It's still there. I, I think I remember the food being better than it is now. I don't know what happened. But, you know, we'd eat at Taco Bell or we'd eat at Candlelight Inn. And uh, we, we'd say, thank you, Heavenly Father. We could eat where we want and pay cash for this uh, $12, $16 meal. And uh, I know in the times we live in, that, that's almost laughable. But if you'll just say what the Word says and stand upon the Word of God and stretch your faith wherever you're at, whatever your present circumstances are, and act like the Word is so, and pray like the Word is so, and confess like the Word is so, there'll come a time where your, your circumstances will line up with your confession. There was a time recently, Jessica and I ate out with the kids, and because of my parents, they, they just have high standards. Amen. And so we were eating out, nice place with them. Well, they, they did, none of them wanted what was on the kids' menu. <laughs> so none of them wanted a corn dog or mac and cheese or chicken tenders, which are always good options. They, you know, sometimes us adults wish we could order off the kids' menu. Well, well they, all, they all wanted the grilled salmon. And I, I thought the waiter was going to have a hernia or heart attack or something when we ordered a grilled salmon for every one of the children. And our kids can eat. They ate it all. It was all gone. Well, praise God, he supplies how many of our needs? All of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, again, you may not start there at that place, but at whatever level you're at, thank you, Father God. You're supplying all of our needs according to your glorious riches. Thank you, Father God, that we can eat where we want, when we want, and pay cash for it. And maybe you can't eat out every week. Maybe you can only eat out once a month or every other week. But if you'll stand on the Word of God and confess His promises, you'll come into that fat place, that blessed place. And again, because of what's going on, we need to all be disciplined in our confession. And I know that, you know, we can all make jokes and we can all post pictures on Facebook when you're filling up with gas and somebody has stuck a sticker next to the price of gas and all that. It's funny. It's, I understand. I'm not being critical. But we have to, right here, in getting gas, going to the grocery store, discipline ourselves to watch our confession. Amen. That he is supplying all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Every need's met. Every bill's paid. And we're the blessed of the Lord despite all that is going on. Amen? Amen? So these things are ours now in Christ. Verse 4, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ. These are great verses to meditate on. Under the new covenant, we're not the servants or slaves of God. We are the sons and the daughters of God with the full rights, the full privileges thereof. So we've got to believe that of ourselves Amen. and live accordingly, pray accordingly, 
Before the foundation of the world, our Heavenly Father, He planned our redemption. This afternoon, I was reading in Genesis. You go back, go back to Genesis. From the beginning, there was a plan. And from the, the moment of humanity's sin, there was a plan for our redemption. He had a plan to redeem us. He had a plan to make us his sons and daughters. Over and over in the Gospels, we see this phrase in the King James Bible, whosoever will. Why don't you say, say, I'm a whosoever. whosoever. And see, there are a lot of whosoever's out there. They just don't know it yet. And that's why we're to be ministers of reconciliation. God's invitation is to whosoever will. Romans 10 and verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we're new creations and we are redeemed and we are products of God's plan to redeem humanity. And it is whosoever will. And we answered the call. We're, we're one of the whosoevers. So we can now, as we learn in Hebrews, and again, if you're a new believer, uh, read some of the shorter ones before we get to Hebrews. But eventually get to Hebrews. It's good stuff. And we find out in Hebrews that because of who we are in Christ, when we go to our Heavenly Father, we can stand in His presence with boldness, with confidence, with assurance, without guilt or condemnation. That's, that's who we are. We are His children. You think of the story of Esther. You know, you can only enter in when you're called, and if you enter in at any other time, you could die. That, that's not the new covenant we're under. We can enter into his presence with boldness and confidence and assurance. And we have already, say, it is past tense, it is done. And you got to renew your mind to that. So often when we're trying to get God to do this, we're trying to get God to do that, the, ch the challenge of faith is walking in what has already been done. And I, I know that's a faith challenge, but that's what we're to do. We have already been blessed, past tense, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's all ours. It's all yours. We just have to walk in it. And this inheritance belongs to you as much as any earthly inheritance you might have already received. You know, if someone, if a lawyer lets you know, relative died, and you, you know, inherited something worth having, amen. You know, none of us would waste any time in showing up, signing paperwork, filling out whatever needed to be filled out to receive what belonged to us. And uh, sometimes we, you know, there's a good kind of humble, but there's a false kind of humility that's spiritually pretentious. And every blessing is ours, and our attitude ought to be, I, I want everything God has for me. I, I want to walk in, I want to enjoy, I want to live out, I want to have everything that belongs to me in Christ Jesus. And so if it's for me, I want it. And if I'm not experiencing it, I want to find out from the Word of God how to walk in it and how to make it mine. Well, it'd be silly if there was an inheritance you had received that you're like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And even if you were led by God to give it away, you still have to show up and sign and receive it to give it away. A few years ago, I think on a Sunday after church, my father mentioned, he said, Austin, I want you to go get a car. He told me, he didn't tell me what color. You know, he always says we don't tell people what color to get. But he said, Austin, I want to bless you with a particular car. And he said, so you find the color you want, 
and you line it up and I'll, I'll take care of it. Well, well, I didn't sit around for six months or a year. <laughs> father God, I just, you know. And what would my father have thought if I said, Dad, I, I just don't know if I'm good enough. I just don't know if I'm worthy enough. And of course, I, I'm not perfect. But uh, he said, I'd like to bless you with it. I said, amen. I, I, I shall receive it. And uh, because of the way I was raised, I don't let grass grow under my feet. I was on Auto Trader. I, I knew limited down. These are the colors available. And it, I mean, it was here. It was in the garage in under seven days. Brought in from another state. So again, you know, it's, it's yours, but you got to take some action. Amen. I think maybe a few months ago, I shared a testimony that not someone here, but someone who lives away, they watch, they're a partner. And uh, because of the things that had gone on the past two years, the line of work that he was in came to an end. And so he had been, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, periodically he would email, but I didn't know this. He had been without work for several months, had applied for several different things and was discouraged. He sent an email letting me know he was discouraged. I encouraged him, but when I emailed him back as led by the Holy Spirit, I said, look, because of your giftings and your qualifications, have you applied for this type of job, which is the same thing, but takes into account the state of the world today? Have you, have you applied for this kind of job? Well, he, he took action, so he didn't pray about it. He didn't wait around for a month or two. You know, Lord, is it your will that I have work? And I ha <laughs> just got to give up all that super spiritual, false humility, pretentiousness. Amen. So he, he checked into that kind of job for his gifting, and he had multiple job offers within 24 hours. And then he it was deciding, well, which one did he want? had the best pay, best benefits, that kind of situation. So it's available. We just got to do our part and take action. So, so stop complaining if you're not taking action. Stop grumbling if you're not taking action. Stop whining if you're not taking action. So these things belong to us. It's our inheritance. Ephesians 1 and verse 6, Paul tells us, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has Freely, say, say freely. freely. He has freely given us in us. He has freely given us the one and the one he loves. So these things have been freely given to us. And no, we, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. But these things have been freely given us in Christ. Not grudgingly or with scarcity, but according to his riches. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him we have. It's present tense. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So if that's true, if we have these things, if we are redeemed, if we're the sons and daughters of God, if we have every blessing available to us, if these things have been freely given to us, how can we be afraid? Or how can we be worried? Or how can we be in need? Or how can we be sad? Or discouraged? Or blue? How can we be full of fear? Or how can we say we don't know what to do? If you don't know what to do, you got to get in the Word of God. you got to open up to the book of Proverbs. 
If you don't know what to do, you've got to spend some time in prayer and ask your heavenly Father what to do. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you some ideas to take action in your present situation. Because again, of who we are in Christ. So you got to take your place in Christ. Don't worry about having faith. You know, that, that's a snare that so many believers fall into. We think that if we can just spend enough hours in prayer, we think that if we can just go to this meeting or that meeting, if so-and-so can just lay hands on us, it'll fix all our problems. Stop trying to have faith and just exercise the faith you already have. Stop trying to have faith and just step out in faith, the faith you already have. Stop trying to have faith or worrying about having faith and just use the faith you have. Paul, Romans, every one of us has been given a measure of faith. And yes, we can grow our faith, we can increase our faith, but if you're waiting for enough hours of prayer or enough hours reading the Bible or enough church services, you're just in a perpetual holding pattern. You got to begin to take action on the Word of God. You got to begin to open your mouth and say what the Word says and begin to walk in all that belongs to you. Yes, we're to spend time in prayer. Yes, we're to spend time in the Word. Yes, we're to not forsake gathering together, but we're to do that all the more as the day approaches. Yes, we're to do all those things, but you got to give up the mindset that we're doing those things to be worthy or to be qualified or for him to hear and answer us. No, we're doing those things because that's who we are in Christ. And that's the things that the children of God do. We're a part of the family. So we show up for what? Family gatherings. And when does the family gather? On Sundays. And this was in the news recently that an international body, I forgot what it's called, but again, these globalists, you know, their, their solution to higher gas prices is everybody stay home several days of the week. And guess what? One of the days they want everybody to stay home is. What a surprise. Well, praise God, we know how to walk in the blessing of the Lord. And praise God, whether you're putting gasoline in it or charging it, we're walking in the blessing of the Lord. We could show up on Sundays till the Lord comes to get us. Amen? Amen. So that's who we are in Christ. Amen. So don't worry about having faith or having enough faith. Just act like the word is so, and it'll be so in your life. Act like all your needs are met. Act like you have more than enough. Act like you're blessed and protected because we, we are. Amen. You know, Never once growing up did I see my father go get in a bathtub. <laughs> and not for cleanliness, but because there was bad weather outside. Never once did my, I see my father get scared or get afraid, say, oh, we all got to get in the bathtub. Now, you might think that's crazy faith. We just did some messages on that. But never once did my father inspire fear in us or worry in us. Never once when there was bad weather did my father get me and Christine and my mom all in a bathtub together. In those early years, you know, in the beginning stages, the bathtubs are smaller. That's a tough challenge. <laughs> so if we're blessed and protected, we have to act like it. 
Now, we don't do unwise things. I saw some of those videos online. I was asking Jessica, so if you're in a car and see a tornado, which direction are you supposed to drive and what are you supposed to do? They didn't cover that driver's head. <laughs> so we're not, we're not to do unwise things. But if we're blessed and protected, we ought to act like it. We ought to, we ought to talk like that. And we ought to model that in our homes and in our families. And if we're the healed of God in Christ Jesus, we ought to talk like it. We ought to act like it. And when the world gets full of fear over this variant and that variant and whatever the next thing will be that they'll be afraid of, we just got to act like the word is so. That, that we're the blessed and healed of God. And if under the old covenant in Goshen, God protected his children, we have a new covenant with the superior high priest with better promises. So what will Christ do for us today? So we, we don't have to line up to do whatever the world is doing. So we got to act like we're the blessed and we're the healed of God Almighty. So stop worrying about having faith or having enough faith. Just act like the word is so, and it'll be so in your life. Every blessing in Christ already belongs to you. So don't think of your worthiness. Remember, he is your righteousness. You are. Say, I am, I am. the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that's who we are in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now I know that there are, there are times where we don't feel as if we are. And of course, when we sin, when we make a mistake, when we say something we shouldn't, when we act in a way we shouldn't that doesn't model the fruit of the Spirit, then don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, we're to ask forgiveness. We're to make it right. We're, as it says in 1 John, we're to confess our sins. But you have to remember that we're righteous because His righteousness has been given to us. It has been credited to us. It has been imputed to us. And so again, you have to avoid the mindset, well, you know, I, I slept in and you know, I missed my prayer time this morning and God's not going to hear me or answer me until I, I wake up and have that time tomorrow. Again, it's good that you're up early. It's good that you have that time, but, but he hears you on the basis of what Christ did. Amen. He answers you on the basis of what Christ did. You are the righteousness of God in Christ because his righteousness has been imputed or credited or reckoned unto you. It has been given to you. So it's on the basis of his work, not our work. So we have to pray and act and talk accordingly. Don't think of your ability because Christ is your ability. Whose power is at work in us? His power. Philippians 4.13, that's how Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we just have to be bold and we just have to walk in the fullness of all that he did for us. And as I said, out there in the world, the world is getting crazier and crazier. So we, we should not feel bad about believing the Bible. We should not feel bad about saying and walking in and living out what the Bible says. We're, we're the le least weird thing going on. Amen? And it, it's crazy. Faith, the world may call it crazy, but it's the right kind of crazy. Ephesians 2 and verse 6, God raised us up with Christ 
and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. So that's where we are. So you have to picture yourself there, that you are seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, because you are. That you have to picture yourself there. So take your place, live boldly, use the name of Jesus. You know, that's what the apostle Paul did when he confronted a young girl who was possessed with the devil. Acts 16 and verse 18, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. It says, at that moment, the spirit left her. So he just exercised the authority that he had in Christ. He didn't have to go to a prayer meeting first. He didn't, he didn't say, we ought to wait till it's a special day or certain time of the year. He just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. That, that's knowing who you are in Christ. That's knowing what belongs to you. That's exercising your divine rights. And that's what we're to do. In Christ, we have divine rights. We have divine ability. And again, we didn't earn it. It has been given to us. So because of that, we're overcomers. We are winners and victors in Christ. So knowing who you are in Christ, knowing where you are in Christ, knowing what you possess, what you have in Christ, all of this is crucial and fundamental for a successful prayer life. All of this is crucial and fundamental for getting your prayers answered. All of this is crucial and fundamental for a successful prayer life. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. It doesn't matter how many sermons you've heard. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in church. We've all got to renew our minds to this. Because we can, any of us can get into negativity. Any of us can get into doubt and unbelief. And any of us, based on our past, based on our background, based on our upbringing, any of us can fall back into old religious patterns. You know, and one of them is, well, you know, God's not moving quick enough or this hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to start doing all these works to twist the arm of God to make God do something. But see, that, that's not taking into account who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you possess in Christ. So it's, it's an act of faith to go to the Word of God, to renew your mind to the Word of God, and to confess and act and pray accordingly. It's so easy. See, we get it in our minds, it's hard. Go to Galatians. You know what was hard? Mount Sinai. But you go to Galatians and Paul says that in Christ, we have not come to Mount Sinai. We have come to Mount Zion. And at Mount Zion, things are not hard. Things are easy. If we would only realize who we are in Christ, where we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and pray and confess and take action accordingly. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. 
I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.